Meditation for me gives you that buffer. It's like, right, thing, like, if I meditate, when there's the stimulus, I've now got a gap between stimulus and response, and I'm not triggered as much, you can think about it. So that, that's a tool. With doing liver flushing, I find that I don't, there's just nothing even can trigger me. It's, I just, I'm just like, oh, okay, that's happened. Really interesting. How, interesting. Yeah, so I definitely think there's an emotional connection to uh, good liver health. Hi friends, in this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Adam Parker, who is the host of Your Ideal Day podcast, a podcast that I love. It is jam-packed with tips on how to optimize your ideal day with different biohacking and health optimization strategies, as well as some life coaching and different experts he interviews. So if you haven't checked it out, go and check out Adam's podcast, Your Ideal Day. Um, Adam and I actually met back at the Health Optimization Summit last year in London, and we hit it off straight away. And coincidentally, Accidentally, actually, Adam and I both spent a year in Bob Proctor's coaching program. Um, Bob Proctor was a motivational speaker, author and personal development coach who sadly passed away last February while I was doing his program. And the program was absolutely life changing for me. It's inspired so much of my work in terms of integrating the laws of the universe with biohacking and biorhythms in a concept I've developed known as biosyncing. And biosyncing really combines syncing your goals and identity with your female physiology, your biorhythms and universal laws. And in today's episode, you'll hear Adam and I chat about some of these topics, including insights into our health optimization strategies, our morning routines, and much more. Now, if you want to get the most out of this episode, I would suggest that you pause the podcast right now and take 60 seconds to get a snapshot of where you are in your own personal health journey. If you head over to yourtotalhealthcheck.com, we will send you an instant free personalized report with scores in the five key areas affecting your health and performance, along with advice on how to make improvements straight away. That's over at yourtotalhealthchecked.com. Now, going back to the podcast, one interesting area actually that Adam and I talk about as well is... um and it's particularly relevant in January when we're sort of thinking about detoxification and other things, uh, is actually the liver flushes that Adam has been engaging in and the improvements he's been seeing in terms of his energy and his vitality. So you're going to be hearing more about that. So without further delay, let me now introduce you to the lovely Adam Parker. Angela Foster, it's great to connect with you. You too, Adam. I'm really excited for this. We've been chatting about it for a while, haven't we, since we met back in May at the Health Optimization Summit and kind of hit it off. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Yes, we did. So we were both uh, hosts at the Health Optimization Summit. I, I loved that event and it, it was great to connect. And we said, look, we've got to get on a podcast. So it's great that we're finally here having a conversation and yeah, just really keen to to connect and just and just chat about all the things you've been working on. Yeah, me too. Me too. And kind of about our sort of respective biohacking pursuits and stuff is always quite fun. And also, I was quite surprised when I met you that we had shared a common interest and in that you've been doing the Bob Proctor coaching program, I think, or one of his yeah. programs. And I literally, I think when I met you, I had just finished a year. He sadly yeah. passed away during it. But I, I don't know about you, I found it a really transformational, just opened my eyes to, to things I was aware of, but hadn't mm. really kind of deepened my knowledge of. Yeah, it, what I find interesting is I've been in the personal development and health space for over five or six years, deeply into it. I love it. It's 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 a passion, a business as well as a as a hobby for me. And 
getting into that work has just taken everything to the next level. Um, what, what I've come to realize is how you think and your mindset, and we've heard terms like this before mindset, but actually understanding the mind and how it actually works has been such a transformation for me and how I go about what I do, uh, how I interact with people. It's, it's been a real game changer to the point where, and I think we were saying this, I said this to you recently on a, on a, on a, on a WhatsApp message, how at the beginning of this year, I wouldn't say I had much spirituality within me, but it's really now just doing this work. It, it just, it just comes to me naturally. I do, I really connect with uh, there being more beyond what, what we see uh, within, you know, within our world, you know? So it's, been a real shift for me and it's great to talk about it and share it with your listeners yeah yeah me too and I think you and I've been sharing a few books recently you've been sending me some some that I've yeah, read yeah, yeah. some that I haven't and I just love it I think for me I I find I've, each day I like to do a little bit of spiritual reading and kind yeah. of really connect with my goal and my mission because it was such a kind of journey for me coming from background as a corporate lawyer to mm. to making that kind of transformation of my own health if you like and then really feeling driven by something so much bigger than myself Mm. Um, and I find that the more you can kind of connect with yourself as part of that process and connect with how you want to create a ripple effect impacts other people Mm -hmm. it just makes it all more exciting (laughs) and and yeah yeah it's interesting it's um I I think what that brings me back to is what you put out into the world is what you'll receive back. And it's, you know, one of these universal laws that I've learned in this process, you know, you can call it the law of attraction, uh, even the law of opposites, but putting what you put out, you'll get back. So got a big mission and you're all about focusing on the mission. It's weird that you'll, you'll, you'll do loads, do loads of giving in all different facets and what I always remember is it's not, it's not, okay, I'm going to give out today and I and, and never expect to receive back from that same um, source, but just generally putting out the right energy into the world, random things just come in, come into your lap. And it's with the way we've been conditioned in society and to think logically, you, you know, when I first started giving a lot more and then things started happen, random events, you know, it could be like I had a lot more clients sign up to programs or random events. I was like, oh, it can't be that because the logical brain's like, no, nah, nah, I can't, nah, it's nonsense. And we, and it's, 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 this this conditioning that we've got. So it's, it's, it's fascinating all of this sort of stuff. And it's, it's great that when we met, you know, we could have talked about anything. We were at a, a health optimization summit and somehow we just started talking about mm. Bob Proctor. Cause obviously it was resonating uh with with both of us i'm curious what were the main kind of takeaways for you when you went through that process of on you know going through what bob was teaching what were the main kind of takeaways for you that you've been able to implement in your day-to-day and how you do things so i think the thing that i uh and, and, and it's probably grown from there, to be fair. So some of the things that I did in that program really mm. inspired me. And listening to Bob would always talk about Earl Nightingale yeah. and kind of going about what you do with a really kind of positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of psychology behind, you know, more and more research now showing about developing positive expectancy. And I think people can get they can get caught up in trying to feel like, you know, there's so much stuff about 
you know, initially people were talking about the law of attraction. Then I think people got a little bit confused by it and they felt that that can't work because, you know, things like the secret gave the impression that you could just sit on your sofa and expect, yeah. you know, if you say money flows to me, yeah. <laughs> then just all this money would pile through the door. And I think people on a subconscious level were like, nah, this just doesn't feel right. And then we sort of understood, I think, that the law of vibration really is the primary law and the law of attraction is kind of secondary yeah. to that. And so you can work on your vibration. And I think a lot of it when you're giving and you're coming from a place of love is really connecting you with your high, higher vibrations, if you like. But then I also think for people that feel really agnostic about this and they feel like that's unwieldy and kind of feels a bit out of control and how can I actually do that? Um, you're not always going to feel on a super high vibe. I think it's just understanding that if you can get this right most of the time and you can start yeah. to control your thoughts and develop what we call positive expectancy, it makes you feel, it makes you more resilient. And if we look at the most successful people in the world, whether those are athletes or artists, they have about them this thing that they're expecting good things to happen. Yeah. Even though the basketball player misses way more shots than they ever make, and we only remember the really good ones, uh, they have that positive expectancy. And then that's what we see. And I think that's one of the most important parts that I learned as part of this process and then kind of going off and reading. And you know what it's like? I like to kind of swarm read, if you like. Mm. So you kind of read mm -hmm. something here, something there, and then you pull these ideas together. And the more you hear it, the more it starts to resonate and you feel like you're deepening your understanding. And I'm, I'm still massively learning. You know, it's uh, it's completely different from kind of the background I came from. But I think mm. it's uh, it starts to make more sense. And then you get to that point where you think, actually, if I can embody this. And so for me now, it's all about thinking, regardless of whether I consciously do this or not, I am creating my future self. That is just a reality. Everything that yeah. I do is creating my future self. And so whether it's, you know, I know we're going to talk about biohacking, nutrition and health and things like that later. But whether you're thinking about what you're putting in your mouth, whether it's a good behavior or bad behavior, the thoughts that you think, whether you're going to exercise, whether you're going to be disciplined and go to bed and not procrastinate on sleep, all of those things eventually are going to show up and manifest in your future self and your future life. Mm. And, and that's a really big and powerful thing, because I think when you realize that, you realize that actually I'm in control of my destiny and I need to show that self-respect and self-love to create the future that I want. I don't yeah. know. What are your thoughts on it? I love that. Yeah, I, I I definitely resonate with that. And if you listen to Earl Nightingale, Bob Proctor, all of those guys, there's so many great authors from that era. And even before, right? They're just, um, you've got um, uh, Neville Goddard. Like, oh, amazing. These, these, these guys worked it out like nearly 100 years ago. But all of them say the same thing. And it's basically, we are what we think about, right? And when we really understand that and we start to acknowledge that, well, if we are what we think about, let's start thinking about what we want to become and excluding what we don't want to become or what we don't want to see. So it's things like, I always knew that, oh, well, the, new, the news is a bit negative, isn't it? Oh God, that's, a, that's another thing to worry about. And as I start to do this work, I realized that people that are successful they're not listening to like the outside noise that they're, they're, they're all just working from within and they're focusing on all of the, uh, what do they call them? The, the, the mental faculties. So the imagination, intuition, reason, all of these different tools. So that's been really interesting for me. And I like what you're saying about, um, I think you said expected, uh, positive, positive outcome. Yeah. Yes. That to me is, is around kind of belief kind of, 
transmuting into into faith. I interviewed a great guy. You should get him on on your on your show. His name's David Nurse, and he's written some good books. One of them was called Pivot. One of them one of them one of them was called Breakthrough, and he's like an MBA coach, positivity coach. And I I spoke to him a year and a half ago, and he's obviously American, and they're very religious and. Um, his blend is he's an MBA guy and, you know, he, he puts everything to in, in God's hands. And he, and I was talking to him. He's like, God's, God's taking care of it. And I remember thinking, wow, that's great. That's, that's a lovely thing to just have that kind of belief that there's, there's a higher power looking after you and, and, and working with you. But it didn't resonate with me at the time because I was, I was a bit like, well, I'm not really a religious guy, but look, that, that you do you and that works for you. And that's great. But now I get it because now God to me is the universe and and this this energy, whether you call it chi, prana, God, what, it, there, there, there is a life force, right? Mm. So now I'm like, ah, now I get it and it's working for me. And I, I've got this lovely little like screenshot on my phone. I'll read it to you. I, I don't know where I found it. I'm supported by the universe. Therefore, everything always works out for me because you're, you're, you're right. all part of it. So yeah, it's been a real shift for me, just just how I think, um, and I've had to really break through logical Adam because I'm very logical. I'm like, you know, one plus one equals two, blah blah blah. Um, so I've had to really break through that conditioning, and I, you know, I've 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 enjoyed it, and I think it's great. Um, what do you think's most helped you break through that conditioning? Well, going through the teachings, it's okay. How does the mind work? And we know there's the conscious mind, there's a subconscious mind. And when I understood uh, that it's all about the subconscious minds, I thought, oh, okay, that, that's something I need to focus on. Now, even though I was studying it, I didn't really quite believe it. But what I realized is if you're into this sort of work all the time, and then you go and see friends and family that you don't normally see often, and they are, uh, they think a certain way, that maybe you, you used to think, and they, they haven't done a lot of this work, you realize that, oh my, oh my goodness, I definitely think and feel and believe differently now, just how my brain works. So I realized that this, this stuff does work if you just continue just a constant space repetition of, of reading this material and engaging with it, your beliefs uh, do change over time. And, then, and that was the proof to me like, oh wow, it does work because I'm now starting to think and act differently to people that I've always been very similar to. Not to say that how they think and act is is right or wrong. It just it just is. There is no there is no good, bad, right or wrong. It just it just just is. But ultimately, what I start to see is I'm acting different because I'm just submerged in this material. So then I was like, oh wow, this stuff does work. Because mm. I was just thinking, oh yeah, subconscious mind. Yeah, you can't get through to that. But there's, no, no, you can. But it's there's there's no quick fix give me a pill it's you got to just do the work you know and, and do you and create a daily it. practice then like do you have a kind of daily routine where you take time to spend time reading or journaling or meditating breath like how do you approach that in terms of making it real so i will do from six to seven a.m i'll study five days a week um i'll write out my goal i'll just submerge myself in whatever's resonating with me so now i'm reading where's my book it's 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 somewhere it's it's ask and it ask and it will be given or ask and it's given i can't remember the, the title i'll Where put it in the show it? notes 
Yes, I'll put it in the show notes for listeners. So that's what I'm currently reading. And I, I set time out to do that. Um, and really, it has to work for whatever works for you. You know, I'm, I'm in a position, I don't have children at this point. Um, so I, I, I can get up at that time. I actually was chatting to a friend. He goes to the gym every day. He gets up at 4.30 and goes to the gym at 5 just to, just to avoid you know, the children waking up. So again, it's just, just finding time that works for you. That's what, what I do. What, does he study it while he's in the gym? Is he listening? No, 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 no. He, no. As in the example was, he loves the gym. He's, he's big yeah. into lifting. And I was like, well, how'd you do it, man? Because you've got kids, right? He's got two little kids. He's just like, I get up at 4.30. It's the tipped, same as me. I tiptoe. I've got my light on. It's exactly the same yeah. as me. And I'm I leave the, the house. Yeah, I get yeah, up yeah. at... 4.45 and I go and I'm in the gym and that's my hour, five till six. And then yeah. and I come back and I feel so different. And if I miss a day, yeah, I'd really, really miss it. And yeah, yeah. It's, that's, but you know, what's really interesting about when you think about manifesting and changing these subconscious beliefs, I think like some people come to it as you have, right. And they start studying it and they're inspired and they mm. take action. And for a lot of people, actually things have to get really bad for them mm. to see it. And they start manifesting things that they didn't want and that was effectively what happened to me because yeah. that's kind mm -hmm. of how I found it was the other way around because I was so I, I really struggled with postnatal depression after my each of mm -hmm. my kids and what I now know from really diving deep on this and looking at things like nutrient deficiencies hormone imbalances also the fact that I've been prescribed the contraceptive pill for years yeah. uh, changes the female brain when it's growing mm. all these different things were kind of culminating in, in predisposing me to a higher risk of what was later diagnosed uh, by the priories major depressive disorder mm. but I had gotten myself into this state where I'd effectively created a prison in my own mind and mm. so I'd become so depressed after my third child that I was on really strong bipolar meds. I kind of like couldn't, I was in this, when I say prison, it's because I was in this situation where all I wanted to do was turn my thoughts off mm. and um, I couldn't kind of control them. And I just wanted an escape. I was like, just turn them off. I just want to turn my head off. There was mm. so much self-loathing going on, but I was still really deeply connected, adored my children, my husband. And so I was then on the other side, I had this thing of like, if I take my own life, my kids are going to grow up as the kids whose mom took her own life. My yeah. husband's always going to be the husband who's the widow whose wife took mm. her life. And so I didn't know what to do. And when we talk about attracting things, this is the thing. When I was in that deep state of just thinking, I don't know how to get out of this, but I just want out. Mm. The kids got sick. They got a cough. And for me, that manifested in mm. double pneumonia. And I kind of went on doing things, still doing the school run. Mm. They did an x-ray and found what they thought was bronchiectasis, called me urgently to the hospital and they said, you know, your lymph glands are really, really enlarged. And they kept talking about the lymph. And I was like, why are we talking, spending so much time on the lymph? Mm. Uh, do you think I've got lung cancer or something like that? And they were like, well, it's hard to say you don't without doing um, without doing a CT scan. And yeah. when I walked back in after this scan, they're like, it's worse than I thought. And mm. I was immediately admitted into hospital. I had viral and bacterial pneumonia across both lungs. They're like, we don't know how you're still walking, but we think we're going to have to effectively like intubate you. So they start giving me oxygen mm. and stuff. Uh, hoping and mm. intravenous antibiotics and they said took my bloods they're like you're neutropenic and this is all going in the direction of I want out and I'm given that opportunity but I'm in hospital and I'm just with myself and I can't run I used to go out running every day to try and mm. run away from myself I can't run anywhere and I felt this Joe Dispenza talks about this this mm. profound sense of peace I don't know whether it was the fact that my fevers were so high that it gave way to this lucidity but mm. all of a sudden it was like I'm okay. And I kind of just gave in. And 
with within that time when I felt okay, I was like, what the hell am I doing? My kids need a mom. Like I've got to mm. find a way out of this. I've got to be there for them. Mm. And no joke, Adam, within 48 hours of me making that decision, my blood work changes. And Amazing. my white blood cell count from being neutropenic starts to go up. And there's nothing they could have given me that would have done that, right? Yeah. And it just and and it just starts to trend up and it changes. And then when they repeated the CT scan, they couldn't believe how little lung damage I got away with. And that wow. then obviously inspired me to make a change. But it's just like, wow, this stuff, like you oh, are wow. literally, whether you're consciously and intentionally doing it, you are attracting stuff into your life. Yeah. And I'm grateful love, for that experience. Yeah. Wow. That's a lovely story. That's a lovely story. And actually that, that brings me to um, a, a, a book I started reading last night. So I'm, I'm two pages in, but it was recommended. I, I watched a, a video, uh, Wayne Dyer doing a, a talk on manifestation and he recommends this book. It's called Dying to Be Me. And it's about a, a lady who had terminal cancer uh, for four years, was in hospital, into a coma, and then effectively passed but then came back and then within literally as soon as she came back and decided to you know be a message be a voice all of her she, she basically cured herself of cancer within like four weeks or something it's, it's a crazy story i don't know enough on it but again it's about the mind and when the mind makes a decision on changing you know you know you could again if you think about the scientists, they might say that's placebo or whatever, but ultimately it doesn't matter. It's just how powerful is the mind? And, you know, lovely story, Harry, you obviously went to a point and then there was just a shift in you and then things started changing from yeah, there. Yeah, and a, and, a, and a real shift. And the thing is that with that, then when you make that decision, I was like, initially, to be fair, I got into health optimization really for myself because I was like, I've got to be healthy for my kids now. I've got to find a way. And you know, the mental aspect was way more challenging than anything I had to do physically mm. to resolve my health. You know, that that has been a real journey. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes when you get to the razor's edge, that's actually where you find yourself uh, as painful as it is. Mm. But I think that, um, you know, you, you, you make that decision and I then did everything I possibly could. And it was hard. It was hard. It was how, how much work I had to do to work on myself. But it was connecting with that spiritual side, really, that mm. I think ultimately elevated my sense of consciousness and just how interconnected we are. And you see, you hear even people like Stephen Covey talk about this, right? That yeah. you move from independence to interdependence when you're kind of emotionally intelligent. And I just don't think that could be truer. And, and I've just been bowled away now by the kind of community of women that, that we've mm. managed to create who all want to empower each other and the way that they support each other mm. in my membership. It's just extraordinary ordinary yeah um, i love that yeah yeah it, it's interesting uh entering into that kind of spiritual part of our beings and the challenge is culture and and the the culture we have evolved and gr grown up in doesn't really acknowledge it as something that is um uh, what's the word reputable maybe it, it's seen as you know you hear like kind of indian chiefs and they talk about the energy and the spirit you think yeah that's great yeah but you're you know you're you're one of those indian chiefs doing the thing that's fine you do yeah it's great that, that's how they used to live so we're, we're, we're it's conditioned out of us that we have this spiritual energy whatever you want to call it it's just not seen as something that is viable or reputable and actually when you go to a doctor you'll be like all these things are happening and they can't explain what's happening 
they they don't they, they oh just keep doing what you're doing but you know we don't know what it is you know but, but there's there's just such a different there's there's so much there in in that and you got to be open to receiving it and and exploring it and i'm so grateful that i have started to jump into that area and then i talk about my experience to my listeners and just showing them where i'm going because we're, we're all on a journey right no no one's ever got it fully figured out uh and it, and it sounds like you know your community as well very much embracing of those sorts of concepts but yeah you've got to be willing to kind of jump in because it some people will just be like, oh, I don't know, that's a bit too much for me. Whereas, you know, you just got to be like, well, okay, I'll explore it. And I think it's about challenging beliefs and being open to listening to people's beliefs. It's similar now. I know what I think is the right way to eat, right? It's a mix of uh, animal-based, plant-based, bit of a blend, no two extremes. But here's the thing. If I spoke to a breathitarian and he was like, it's all about breathing. I automatically want to be like, that's nonsense. But I have to accept that there's he has a belief or she has a belief and I'm willing to listen and see, okay, let's let's see their perspective. It's not my cup of tea, you know, rather than closing someone down, just, just being open. So it all, it all kind of wraps into that sort of, you know, being open essentially to looking and receiving that kind of, that type of knowledge and information, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think as you say there, what I was picking up on really is just having uh, an attitude of curiosity, right? You can yeah, yeah, open yeah. to stuff because if you're curious about it, then you're not kind of, you haven't got, you don't have so many blind spots to stuff. Because I think sometimes if you just think it's your way, then you've got blind spots to other mm. stuff. Whereas if you can and just embrace different modalities and bring yeah. them in. Um, so yeah, I hear now when we were talking offline, this was quite interesting to me because I've been... Uh, you were chatting about your liver cleanse that you've been doing, yeah, which yeah. has been a bit of an eye opener from 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 what you've been saying. Yeah, so obviously we we were talking about you know where do we go with this conversation, and obviously because we're both in the biohacking space, it, you know we we're like we might as well talk about things that we're working on, right? And what what I love about the biohacking space for people that are into it about optimizing their health, everyone's trying random things, and I love. Uh, obviously Tim Gray does the health optimization summit. He also does the meetups as well. And he hasn't done one for a while, but I, I love those meetups because you can just chat to people and you can just see what they're doing and everyone's doing random things. So for me, and I'd be keen to hear also what, what you've been working on as well, Angela, but for me, real big shift in how I approach health optimization for myself this year. Uh, and, and primarily it's, I've done, you know, I'm always trying new supplements. I'm always looking to, you know, get that extra couple of percentage. But I, I, this this year, I flipped to focusing on, well, is it necessarily about what I'm ingesting and taking? Because that very much falls within the kind of industrial medical complex. You know, it, you know, it might not be a pharmaceutical we're now taking. We're now taking a supplement. And I thought maybe it's about what I remove. So this is where I currently am. And so I really focus in on detoxing. And obviously there's different degrees of detoxing. There's, you know, infrared saunas and all different methods. You know, you could you could have a rebounder, which I have. But this year I started looking at, uh, you know, more, in, you can call it extreme, but more, more uh, uh, intensive cleanses and liver flushing is something that I've really just resonated with. Um, I had Elizabeth Wells uh, on the show. I put that in the show notes for the listeners. She's a liver flush coach. 
Uh, I'm now this year I've done nearly 25 flushes and seen some really transformational changes in, you know, my health as it, as in I'm healthy in general, but you know, we've all got niggles and things we'd like to work on. And we are saying that my, you know, my gray hairs disappeared. I had a couple of hair. Or I was, I was, you know, 38 getting gray. That's gone. Hair's getting thicker. Uh, so it's really interesting. See, that's well, pretty amazing in itself. Yeah, I, I've know, heard, right? I mean, I remember when I when I interviewed Emily Fletcher, we were talking about how she'd reversed grey hair through meditation. And mm. I think there is actually a link between um emotional stress and uh a sluggishness in the liver. And so I think when you're yeah. meditating things, you're clearing that because sometimes that's not just going to show up on blood work, right? But it's there. And I think that can cause sometimes. I'm not saying that's the case with you. Um, mm. but sometimes emotional stress can be uh, a reason for the liver being a little bit sluggish. Well, what, what I would say is uh, and not so much for me, but if you follow uh committed liver flushes on Instagram or wherever they hang out, a lot of women talk about kind of emotional journeys they go through as they detox the liver like random emotions come up because you store emotions in the body and as you're purging these liver stones or these gallstones uh they can feel emo different emotions come through um not so much for me but i've done a couple where i have random memories of random people and and, and emotions of that moment in my life so there's definitely a connection with how clean your liver is and 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 your emotional um, kind of well-being and also if you do if you study the work of Andreas Moritz who uh, kind of wrote the book on liver flushing he says that when you have a clean liver you just can't get angry because the liver is where if you've got a congested liver a lot of people get angry and and pent up and, and I honestly I'm quite a relaxed guy in general I think people can get that from my demeanor but I can process things a lot better as I as I clear the liver, which again, it's it's just so fascinating. It's just it, it's very. So what profound. do you feel? Do you feel what you feel like you've got better disposition towards what's going on? Better tolerance? Do you find? Yeah, I, I get less emotional. I get less triggered. Um, I, I, I'm just more consistent in my moods. Right. Again, I, I'm a my demeanor. I'm not like a high intensity in, in, in either way but i can tell i just deal with things it's similar to when you meditate a lot meditation for me gives you that buffer it's like right thing like if i meditate when there's the stimulus i've now got a gap between stimulus and response and i'm not triggered as much you can think about it so that that's a tool with doing liver flushing i find that um i don't there's just nothing even can trigger me it's i just i'm just like oh, okay that's happened really interesting, that is how, interesting yeah so i definitely think there's an emotional connection to uh good liver health and good and bile with 20, flow with the 25 that you've done what have mm. you noticed did it kind of amp up in terms of detoxific detoxification as you did the first few or have you noticed um and, and then kind of get ease off or have you noticed that it's just consistent across the whole, like what, what have you observed in terms of, cause obviously we're exposed to toxins constantly. So it's yes. almost like you'll never get it really sleep. Exactly. Right. We live in a toxic world. So um, we're never, you know, I think for me, detox is a daily thing. You always have to be avoiding getting exposures to toxins and, and doing your best, but we can't avoid it. Right. We're, we're bombarded. What I've noticed is these stones keep coming. 
that just keep coming. And, and as it happens, just things gradually improve. You, you just, we all notice randomly, we all have little niggles and those little niggles just seem to, for me, have been disappearing. Again, I refer to the, the the conversation with Elizabeth Wells. She had loads of chronic health issues that she's reversed. She's done over a hundred flushes. Um, so my intuition tells me, you know, from my my mental faculties tells me just keep doing them because they're they're helping. Um, but as I said, it's just fascinating that, you know, it's all about what we can add in. And obviously, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners and my listeners, they've got the basics covered. They've got the sleep covered. They, they eat well. They exercise. All of those bases covered. Um, but just through the way we live our lives, you know, whether you've you know, been vaccinated or you've, you've eaten a certain way or you've exposed yourself to certain environments, living in a polluted city, all these things can add up to uh, toxin loads. And whether you can detox well or not, I know I can't detox as well from my DNA testing, depends on how congested you get. So again, there might be people that don't have a lot of stones. I'm 25 in and I've still got loads coming out. So yeah, as I said. So can you explain, what does the, what does the liver uh, detox that you're doing? What's the, what's the routine? You're doing it weekly. Yeah, doing it weekly. So again, it, if you read the Andreas Moritz book, it's he says rec- he recommends to do it every three to six weeks um, and to eat a mainly vegan-based diet. Now, again, people have taken that work and evolved it. I don't advocate a vegan diet, each to their own. Um, I eat a very much an animal-based diet with plants, ferments, very much Western A. Price type style, gaps as well. Uh, and I started doing it every two weeks. And some people if, who are really sick and maybe find it harder to de- detox, they need they might need to recover. But I was doing them and I was feeling fine. The next day I was feeling amazing. I was, food tasted nicer. I had loads of energy. So I was like, okay, it's not a problem. So then I moved it to weekly. Still not a problem. Now, I think for me, I want to, I'm about getting results as f- fast as I can. So I'm doing it every week because I'm like, I feel great on it and I can, you know, bake it into my schedule. Um, and the quicker you get them out, the quicker you see results. So some people will do it once one a month and that's fine. Uh, but for me, I've been doing it every week, feeling great, doing it, eating a normal diet, and yeah, it, it, it's convenient enough for me to continue to do it once a week. I don't have to change my diet too much. You don't, there's no like, you know, this doesn't impact your schedule too much. The next day when you obviously exiting the stones you probably stay at home for the for the morning but it's not it doesn't completely ruin your day very manageable but what i would say is definitely a commitment because once you start doing it the book says not to stop because you've started that process of right. purging the liver so yeah it, it it works for for me i'm i'm finding results i'm recommending it to, to clients as well and um, are you what are you do, what are you drinking is there like a tonic that you're creating yeah. Okay. So very top line and what the, what it generally consists of, you would drink a concoction of lemon juice and olive oil at night. Uh, that then stimulates the liver to dump a lot of bile. And with that forceful dump of bile, it pulls the stones that are in your liver. You have gallstones in your liver. I know we were taught gallstones are in the gallbladder. There's also gallstones in the liver that pulls them out 
Uh, and then the next day you'll go to the toilet and you'll see these green stones come out of you. You need to prep for the week with either malic acid or, or apple juice to soften those stones. Uh, you drink magnesium citrate before you drink the concoction to relax the bile ducts so the stones can effortlessly come out of you. But it's a very easy process. It's not painful. It's, there's no struggle. Um, it's quite relaxing once you understand it. Uh, but again, it takes commitment. I think that's the thing. There's, there's, with anything, there's no quick fix. You've got to commit to doing it. And, and look, whether you're doing, you know, you, you have like these collation protocols, like the Andy Cutler protocol, where it's like taking every three hours. That that to me is a lot of commitment, right? You're getting up at every three hours. And this is just, you know, you, there's, a, there's a prep, but it's, it's very low maintenance once you understand it. And then the next morning, a bit more Epsom salt to keep the bile ducts loose. And that causes you to evacuate uh the stones and yeah there, it's some fascinating things that come out uh you know and you think my goodness was that was was that was that in my liver yeah was i really well i suppose you think you know was i really that toxic but we are because we can't yeah. help it we're exposed to so much i mean i was yeah. actually do you know i was at the chiropractor the other day with my son actually it was mm. really interesting and she was saying just how toxic rainwater can be yeah. and how she's got horses on her farm and sometimes it hasn't happened for a while but the rain that comes down uh, will literally burn the back of the horses as it comes down. Yeah. Think of the, all the like glyphosate and you, you think, oh, glyphosate's not in the UK. It's an American thing. But no, it's it's here as well yeah, it's here. because it's, it's, it's in the uh, it's in the fuel. So if you drive a diesel car, the diesel that we have in the UK comes from South America and South America. And it's it's derived from from farming. Uh, and it comes from uh, crops that have been sprayed with glyphosate. So th- there's glyphosate in the air here. You can't avoid it. So it's it's, it's heavy metal, glyphosate. There's so much toxicity everywhere. Mm. Um, and then just depending on your genetic makeup, how well can you you detox, right? Mm. Um, so you, you don't think that going out in the rain, you don't think, okay, just don't want to get wet. You don't also think, oh, it's probably quite toxic, uh, the rain as well. Yeah, no, you don't. It's a bit like within inner cities, like how the water's being recycled and you're actually drinking hormones from from women that are taking either hormone replacement therapy or birth control or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So what what about what about yourself? What what are you into in terms of biohacking right now? What supplements or protocols are are you focusing on? What have I been focusing on? Yeah. So this year, I was very much focusing on actually developing strength and looking at my bone density, for example, ahead of because I'm 47 and thinking mm. I'm very much about if we can really, really be truly healthy in our 40s, we can create a effortless transition through mm. uh, menopause. And and I think that's true for many women. And many women go through actually seamlessly without symptoms. I don't think we have to assume that we will get symptomatic. Yeah. Um, but I think the more you can preempt that and actually find a baseline of where you are. So some of that I've been doing. So getting like body composition scans, doing a DEXA, getting an idea. That's mm. not a full bone scan, but it gives you a really good idea of where yeah. your bone density is. Because if we know it's going to kind of drop by potentially as much as 30% in, a, in another few years time, um over time then it's then it's worth knowing what your baseline is because if you don't know your baseline how can you measure and so but I've been really optimizing because at the moment I'm not at that stage so it's been how can I get really healthy as you Mm. know at the the health optimization summit I was talking about how can you optimize your nutrition around the menstrual cycle so Mm. really diving into that but also how to optimize training around the menstrual cycle and that's where I've seen 
really profound uh, differences. So I've had Dr. Stacey Sims on the show a couple of times. Um, she's really the expert in this area, done her courses, uh, been working myself on myself and with clients and really looking at how do you periodize that training, both for with an eye to longevity, but also for optimal hormonal health. And then kind of adding in as needed things like adaptogens that can support adrenal function, mm -hmm. but also understanding how to pre-fuel uh, training, how to fuel post-training, where fasting really has a place for women. Um, but yeah, things like that, NAD supplements, a whole host of things. Sauna, you and I both have an infrared sauna, yeah. so that's always a big one, and red light yeah. therapy. They're all like fun as well. But for me, as you say, I think it's about really just deepening your understanding of the mind and body as much as mm -hmm. you can to really – there's so many things you can hit on that are free, right? You don't have yeah. to add in all these biohacks. And to um, optimize things around that and around female hormone health – I just think it's really, really powerful because when I was practicing as a lawyer, I didn't know any of this, right? And yeah. it was just, mm -hmm. it was, it was a very masculine world. And mm -hmm. I, for example, I'm a very early morning person. And when I look at my, if I do questionnaires, it shows I'm an, um, a morning lark. If I do my DNA test, it shows that. And that was a real struggle as a lawyer because yeah. it didn't matter how early I got in, in corporate law, no one was interested. It was how late you stayed. And oh, wow. probably if you were there early in the morning, it was honestly because you'd stay there all night, which regularly happened. You know, mm -hmm. we sacrifice sleep. And so it didn't work for me. And I think that contributed actually to all the burnout. So really, mm -hmm. I, I've been diving into how can we optimize things around our infradian women, uh, rhythm as women, our circadian rhythm, and then also playing with what we call ultradian rhythms, which are these 90 minute cycles mm -hmm. that the brain goes through that we see mirrored in sleep. And, you know, each sleep cycle is roughly 90 minutes. So how can we look at what's happening at night to create better flow and productivity at work? And I work with corporates as well on this in terms of how can we optimize that uh, yeah. for women in particular? I love that. Yeah, there's there's so much essentially free stuff that we can do, right? The power yeah. of the mind, uh, movements. It's just having access to those tools and it's great that you work with corporates and and your community to educate them on that because i think what i find is like i'm passionately into this stuff right uh, and i and i can tell you i you learn these things like, oh my god this is this is amazing why don't people know this right and because yeah. I, I think you've got to really you've got to really be leaning into it to discover so, like breath work there's so many free free things that you can do meditations free so it's great when people discover this and 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 packaging it in a way that is accessible it's easy it's doable you can you can you can blend it into your schedule and then you start to see these lovely little step changes you know yeah and, you and think, they oh, compound over time exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. And as, as you say, you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, many women are like, they look at their, if they're tracking with something like an aura or whoop, they're looking at it and they're going, well, hang on a minute. Why do I feel so different at the end of the month? Why is my pulse increased? Why is my breathing rate different? Why is my HRV not looking as good? And yeah. because these devices often are tracking you against the beginning of the month, the follicular phase. Mm. So unless you look and go, right, let me compare follicular to follicular and luteal to luteal, it's really hard to see. And so you feel like, oh, maybe I'm not doing things right. Why am I getting cra cravings? How can I control for this? And then I think as women, we, you know, we try to add in more or question ourselves. And mm. when you start to understand that, actually, as Stacey says, we're not small men. 
we're physiologically very, very different and we need to approach it differently. It just makes so much sense. And that's just like a real light bulb moment for many women when they hear that and they're like, wow, and it's very empowering. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I I think this sort of stuff, when you get into it, it, it can be so empowering. And I like what we were saying at the beginning of the conversation, like just the power of the mind and understand it. But again, we're not conditioned to really embrace it. But when you start to embrace it, you're like, wow, okay, this, this stuff really has relevance. Mm. Um, and as I said, for me, I've, I've seen a real step change in how I do things, how I think results that have happened just, just because I'm using my brain differently, you know, and, and, and breaking conditioning from what I've been taught through school and culture and society um so yeah i I'm, I'm a definite advocate and it's great to you know as i said when we met we you know for whatever reason we just synced in and started talking about mindset and manifestation so uh it's it's been great connecting with you on that for sure yeah you too adam you too uh and i think we'll have to continue to share book recommendations i uh i've um i'll tell you one good book i read recently and actually just interviewed her on the show yesterday is Dr. Tara Schwartz, who wrote The Source. And that's a okay. really interesting read around vision boarding and neuroscience. She had a background in neuroscience and um, psychiatry, and she works with MIT and trains wow. there. And just putting the whole thing together of how this subconscious mind and what you track really works in terms of science, absolutely fascinating. Well, so listen, another book, let, but, let, yeah, let's, let's keep, this. let's keep, you know, giving each other book recommendations. And um, it, it's great to have a fellow biohacker that's uh, exploring this area as well, for sure. And we'll have to we'll have to do it again as, as we evolve our awareness on, yeah. on these on these things. Yeah, amazing. Love to. Thanks amazing. for today. I really enjoyed it. Andrew, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'll put all of your details in the show notes for our listeners so they can check out your work. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, amazing. Likewise. And uh, yeah, if they want to get a um, kind of free health check on everything we talk about, we actually have one that sends a a personalized report called yourtotalhealthcheck.com. And you can kind of score yourself on your sleep, your nutrition, your hormones. Uh, So yeah, that's amazing. interesting. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes for listeners. Also for your listeners, I've created the Ideal Day Reading List. It's the 60 top books that I would recommend anyone to create their ideal day. Uh, then go to youridealday.com forward slash books to grab that download as well. Amazing. We'll link to that in the show notes. Thanks so much, Adam. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can find the links to everything we've discussed in the show notes below. And if you want a free snapshot into your current health optimization strategies and your health, visit our website for an instant personalized report that will show you exactly where to begin improving. You can get started at yourtotalhealthcheck.com. That's yourtotalhealthcheck.com. And the link is also in the show notes below. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.